Hello fellow worshippers. Welcome again to the Linwood Worship Podcast, a podcast where I, AJ, share with you some thoughts about the whys behind what we're doing on Sunday when we lead our people in worship. My goal with this podcast is not just to expand your mind and help you acquire more knowledge. Ultimately, I want to kindle your passion and help you to be oriented towards Jesus. So welcome to the fifth episode. This week we're going to take a look at the dialogical principle, or more simply put, worship as a conversation. In our worship there are three conversation participants, God, the worshipers, and the world. For this week we're going to leave alone the concept of the world for now. So the conversation has also at least three different directions. The primary voice in worship is not our own, but God's. He speaks from on high down to us. We believe we hear his voice through the reading and preaching of scripture. So imagine an arrow pointed downward from God to humanity. This is why every week we begin with a scriptural greeting from God, and we end with a scriptural blessing from God. God has both the first and last word in our worship. The second voice, that of the worshipers, speaks in response to God. So we sing songs of praise, confess our sins, and petition and thank God for his help and provision. Imagine an arrow from humanity up to God. This is often the conversation piece that gets emphasized the most in modern worship. We gather together to praise the Lord for who he is and what he's done in Christ. This is obviously vital. But without the other conversational participants and directions, this movement can easily become very human-centered. Some streams of worship so emphasize this movement that worship becomes all about how it is experienced by the individual. These first two conversation participants and the corresponding directions are relatively intuitive. It makes sense that God speaks to us in worship and that we speak back to him. But the third conversational direction, while less intuitive, is equally important, and that is worshiper to worshiper. Imagine a horizontal arrow pointing from person to person in the pews. Paul instructs worshipers in the Corinthian church to speak to one another using psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. This horizontal movement from worshiper to worshiper suggests that worship, at least gathered worship, is not meant to be a solely individual experience. David Peterson, a worship theologian, suggests that much of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians is written to encourage the Corinthians to recover a communal component in their worship gatherings. In the aforementioned passage, 1 Corinthians 5.19, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs were meant to be spoken to one another to build each other up. In chapter 14, prophecies and tongues could be spoken, but they had to be interpreted for the benefit and the encouragement of all those who were gathered. In chapter 11, the worshipers were instructed to stop gorging themselves and getting drunk on the communion meal before everyone arrived, but to wait so everyone could partake and be nourished. Yes, gathered worship is for the glorification of God. That being said, it is also for the encouragement and edification of the entire body of Christ. This dialogical principle is uniquely captured completely in the responsive reading of God's Word. 
In responsive readings, we hear God speak to us as we do any time God's word is read. We also speak back to God as we proclaim his praise or confess our sins through the words of a psalm. And we also speak to and hear from one another as we hear the voices of those gathered around us. All three directions of the dialogue are accomplished in a scriptural responsive reading. So don't expect those to go away anytime soon. So to conclude this week, a brief story. The summer after my sophomore year of high school, my family went on a vacation to Florida where my mom was attending classes for her master's degree. It was actually at the same institution where I am now studying, but that's neither here nor there. We left on a Tuesday, and that weekend we got the news that one of my football teammates had died in a tragic car crash. And this was my first real encounter with death in my 16-year lifespan. The next weeks were a blur, except one very vivid memory. That Sunday, we went to worship, and in the service we sang the song, In Christ Alone. Or I should say, everyone else sang. I didn't. But I remember very vividly the final verse, No guilt in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. I heard the voices of my parents and siblings around me, maybe singing a bit louder than usual, and I was reminded in a profound way, specifically through them, of our hope in Jesus and in sharing in his victory over death. To this day, this is still one of the most profound worship experiences I've ever had. So when you attend gathered worship, your role as a worshiper is obviously to respond to God and give him glory, but is also to encourage and build up those around you. So read your parts loudly. When you sing, project, so those around you can hear you clearly. Someone needs to hear you proclaim to them the hope that we share in Jesus. Someone near you is at a point in their life where they can't sing. They need you to sing to them and for them. In preparation for our discussion at rehearsal this week, I want you to consider three questions regarding this podcast episode. First, what was new information to you? Second, what was old information? What did you already know? And third, why does this matter for what we do in our worship services?